Thank you, Adrian. She's confused now. Watch this. Caleb. Take it with you and give it to Caleb. Hey, come on. We'll do it together. Good morning. morning. While Adrian's up here. <laughs> we'll have fun. Hey, Merry Christmas. I'm going home. Come on. Merry Christmas. I mean, this is the ha happiest time of year. Come on, guys. That was pitiful. Hey, it's good to have you. Listen, about next Sunday, we are, we're going to have service. I don't know how you could not have service. We are going to do it a little differently. Bring your kids in here. We want them in here. Bring them in their pajamas. We don't care. We just want to come together as a family, and we're going we're gonna to just worship the fact that we celebrate the Savior being born. So it'll be a good day next week. Come. We're, we're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, we're, we're condensing it a little bit. We won't do announcements and things like that. So we're going to try to get out at a quarter till. So if you have commitments to be with your families, uh, you can get out and, and get down the road. I'm really not but so worried about that. You're with family when you're here. So, but we are going to do that. So come, uh, bring a friend, and we'll just enjoy. There'll be some really neat treats out there to eat, I'm sure, and some coffee and probably I don't know what we're going to do. It'll be fun. So come, come enjoy it. Uh, and join us next Sunday. We'll have some fun. It was kind of interesting this week. I started just sitting back and thinking about the year at kind of in reflection. And uh, one of the things you read about, and I, or I do, you guys don't study church probably like I do because I'm a pastor and it's my life, so I study what's going on in the church world. And one of the things over the last several years we've seen a lot of and read a lot about is, is the, the rise of what we call the mega church. And trust me, this isn't the message today. This is just something I've observed lately. And a mega church is a church with certain attendance. I read different things from 1,000 on a Sunday to 2,000. And I thought, you know, we're not a mega church. We're a mega family. I love what we're doing, and it's amazing. But we don't have that kind of attendance. But I, it, something hit me, and I thought, maybe our metrics are a little messed up. Because what I've noticed is, while we don't have 1,000 attending, do you know how many people you fed last week? You, you don't have a clue. But, but let me tell you, maybe, maybe our metrics should be how many we serve, not how many we bring in. And I, we're always going to strive to bring in more and more and more, because the more we bring in, the more we can serve. But just off the cuff, I'm guessing we served, you guys served, about 600 people last week. I heard a wow. That's pretty awesome. For a little bitty startup church that most people said won't make it and won't last, um, when you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the Savior we celebrate, it's amazing what can happen. Little churches can, I think, become mega churches in their outreach. Uh, I don't know what that ratio is, but that's pretty amazing because the week before that you've served and the week before that thanksgiving my gosh who knows four or five hundred meals went out the door that looks like a mega heart anyway to me i don't know about a mega church but that looks like a mega heart and i think that's what gets me excited when i see a church really so i say this to you guys thank you thank you when you put money in this bag for the offerings that that gives us the ability to go out and do that because we don't hesitate uh, to go out and serve one of the things i've noticed about this crowd is you don't back down from a challenge if it's a godly challenge you have never backed down. You, you, matter of fact, you kind of get bullheaded. I'm not sure how Christian that is, but you get bullheaded. So let's go. I think you would get rid of Matt and I if we didn't have the same attitude that let's just charge ahead. And, uh, and, you know, we believe this. If we can do it on our own, then there's nothing. That's no good. It's when we step out in faith and do things. I don't know how you feed 500, 600 kids in about a 35-minute span. I don't know how you do that. But when you just trust in God, you figure out how you do that. So I say this. Thank you. I, 2017, hang on, guys. Hang on. I don't know what God's got in store, but I know this, as long as we're obedient, as long as we stand true to, to Him, hang on, just hang on, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, 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 it's going to be a good day, I'm, I'm excited.
Christmas is a crazy time. Have you guys noticed that? Any of you kind of frazzled just a little bit? I mean, you, you pulled your hair out of it. Robbie, you pulled, Ron, you pulled off. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's crazy. But listen, it, it, we, we hear this all the time. It's the greatest time of year. That, that Christmas is the greatest time of year. And, I, you know, I kind of get caught up in that. It is an exciting time of year. It's a fun time of year. But then as a follower of Christ, what I hear a lot too is, well, we forgot the reason for the season. You've said it. Come on, we can all be honest. We, we, we've said it. We've done it. We think it. Because we, we see everything going on around us. And it is. It's crazy. It gets really hectic out there. We, we do some nutty things. But if you noticed in this hectic season, you also do some things that are pretty cool too. This crazy time of year isn't all bad. We, we get caught up in some of this stuff. You do some pretty neat stuff. You don't have to raise your hands, but I want you to think about this. How many of you are going to spend more time with your family over the next week? Yeah, some of you raised your hands. You're honest. Uh, why is that? They're your family all year long. But we choose Christmas because it's this time and we get festive and we do these things. How many of you have stopped and let somebody out in traffic? You don't have to raise your hands, but I did it. <laughs> I did it, yeah. But don't you love the one that pulls out in front of you and they appear like they don't see you? They won't look at you even though they pulled out in front of you. I waved at that one. If that was one of you, did you, you didn't wave back. It's crazy. And, and that's good stuff. We should do that. But here's the thing. We probably should do it all year long. Now, you do it January the 2nd. I'm going to run over you if you pull out in front of me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we, we, it does. It gets really, it gets really crazy. And, and we do have to ask ourselves, have we forgot the reason for the season? And that's, I think that's a fair question. Because when you look at listen, there's a, there's a great theologian. His name's Andy Williams. I'm showing my age. How many of you know the theologian Andy Williams? He was a musician. Come on, some of you guys do. Yeah, come on. I, he, he was no theologian. Huh? History class? No. Here's what Andy Williams had to say. And, and this, is, this is Christmas time. This is what it's about. You'll know this. I can't sing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you to be of good cheer. We should be. It's the most wonderful time of year. It's the hap happiest season of all when the holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, when friends come to call, it's the happiest season of all. That's pretty good theology, isn't it? If you really think about it, I think Christ would approve of that. And, and I think that's what we need to remember, is, is that it should be this greatest season of all. And we should celebrate that. We should celebrate that. But sometimes we lose focus and we get caught up in this, but you forgot the reason for the season. And we've got we've to address that one too, and we've got to wrestle with that one as well. And you've all got stories. We've all got stories that, that when it gets hectic this time of year. Listen, Tammy and I, for years, we had to be everywhere, and some of you were, have been there. We had, uh, I, I, we had family on her side, on my side, little ones on both sides. We had to be at my parents' one year for Santa Claus to arrive to see the kids. We had to be there at 5 in the morning. It was freezing cold. So we get there. Guess what my parents had done? They locked us out of the house. <laughs> they had locked, so, so Andy Williams is saying that, uh, to be of good cheer, but let me tell you, my heart was not glowing when we're sitting out there and we're freezing. But it's, it's this amazing time of year. And we see this craziness. And we think, but if we just remembered the reason, it would be okay. But I would tell you this. Don't give up on Christmas. Don't give up on the hustle and the bustle. Because honestly, it's, quite, it's kind of fun. I mean, it really is. And, and I hear you. You're, some of you are going, man, I'm about to pull the hair out of my head. But you can't wait till next Christmas. You can't. You look forward to it every year. And there's a reason for that. Really, I think, and it's pretty simple. 
And when you shape it this way, you'll, it starts making a little more sense to me why this is the greatest time of year. Xander, can you put this on the screen for me, if he can find this? This kind of sums it up for me. It's the greatest time of the year because of what is happening. It's the greatest time of year because of what happened. Yeah, do you get that? It's not the greatest time of year because of what is happening. That makes it fun. But that's not why this is the greatest time of the year. It's the greatest time of year because of what happened. Because of what happened. And what happened is if you've, if you've been in the Bible and you've studied it, it's, it's pretty neat. We, we saw prophecy of a promise of a Messiah child coming that would be born. This is what happened. This is why it's a great time of year because we saw this prophecy. And then we, if you read the story, and we'll talk about it a little more next week. If you read the story in Luke, we read about this little baby that we talked about last week being born in a, in a manger. And we get all caught up in the manger and the animals. But listen, this is the Savior Simeon says, I saw salvation. Eight days after the birth, he said, I saw salvation. That's why this is the greatest time of year. We celebrate the birth of that little child who brought us hope. He brought us joy. He's why we can celebrate. Because without him, I don't know how we celebrate. I don't know why we would ever stop and let the car that pulls out in front of us buy with that. It should be in our nature to run over them. It would be. Listen, I've been around people long enough. But when we have Christ and we've learned this, this grace and this mercy, then we start understanding why this is the greatest time of year. And it's because of what happened, not because of what's happening. Because what's happening will go away, I promise you that. January the 2nd, you will forget some of this. But the why this happens will not go away. And if you'll stop and reflect on that, then Christmas should never end. It should be today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And we should celebrate the same way because the Savior was born. And somebody's going to say, well, he really wasn't born. On December 25th. I don't care. He was born. He was born. And it's amazing. And it's why we can celebrate this time of year. L let me tell you this too. Th there's, there's a little kind of a catch to all of this. We do need to be reminded. Why? We celebrate. We do. And there's nothing unusual about that. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Gospels, we see the same thing. We see the exact same thing in the Gospels. If you're, if you're a scholar of the Bible, you know there's four Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. First four books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, most of you know this. You're smarter than me. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels. The, the Synoptic Gospels. And they're called the Synoptic Gospels. And it really, it means to be seen together with a common view. So those three Gospels are very similar. They, they tell the same story. Mark, Mark. Uh, I had to write this down because I couldn't keep it straight. Uh, Mark's content, 90% is found in Matthew. 50% of Mark's content is found in Luke. So they're very similar. They're to be seen likewise. They, they, they join together. All of Jesus' parables are in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. None of them are in John. John's a different, it's written differently. From a different perspective, kind of a different goal. One of the things I read is when John wrote his gospel, he's really speaking more to the deity of Christ and less to the humanity. But if you pick up Luke, for example, you're going to read this amazing story about the birth of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus when he walked, when he came to earth, and he walked when he was this little baby. And this man named Simeon held him and said, I've seen salvation. Those three Gospels deal more with the humanity of Christ, while John deals more with the deity of Christ. But yet it's, it's really amazing to me in this season that we can go to John, who doesn't really even touch on the birth story of this little baby, which I think is one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. And I believe this, and you've heard me say this, and if you come, you'll hear me say this time and time and time again. Without the virgin birth, 
without the virgin birth, you don't have anything. And then with the virgin birth and without the resurrection, you really don't have anything. So I stand on the virgin birth of this baby that we celebrate and call it Christmas. And then I, I stand on the resurrection of this little baby when he stretched out on the cross and died for you and I. And that's the reason this is the greatest time of year. I mean, it really is. It just, it just really solidifies to me why we should celebrate. And I mean celebrate. I really mean celebrate. Listen, we can't celebrate enough at this time of year. But we need to do it because of the reason, which is Jesus Christ. Listen, there's nothing wrong with what we celebrate. If we say, well, it's too commercialized. I, I, I hear all of that. I do. But just remember, we don't celebrate because of what's happening. We celebrate because of what happened. And because of what happened, I think we can celebrate in different ways. Listen, we, mine and Tammy's Christmas has changed so much. We used to spend so much time with family. I remember, this was terrible, I remember thinking, oh, Lord, I can't wait till the day when we don't have to run. Guess what? It's here. Guess what I miss? Yeah. So be careful. When you say, I don't want to celebrate my Christmas that way. Hey, I'm going to be real honest. I'd love to have my dad here this Christmas. I mean, I would, man. I'd love to get a hug from my dad. But we don't get to do that, and that's okay because we're celebrating because of what happened. And because of what happened, I can tell you this, I celebrate my dad's in heaven. He's really kicking. Yeah, you're talking about a Christmas. Tammy's mother the same way. Man, I miss Pat. She didn't love me as much, but I, no, she did. She really did. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. But listen, they're in heaven. How can I not celebrate that because of what happened? So without what happened, this wouldn't be such a fun time. The commercialism would go away, actually, I believe. But because of what happened, we have this amazing time. So anyway, I, t I share this, the difference in these Gospels because of this. If you go to the, to the Gospel of John, I told you this, we, we question, we, we don't remember the reason for the season. Listen, same thing happens in the Gospels. John, John writes something really pretty powerful. I think that it kind of speaks to the exact same thing that we deal with today when we get caught up in all the hustle and bustle and we kind of do forget the reason we're celebrating. And we do that. We do. I understand it. Listen, you're going to get mad this week. Some of you got some last minute shopping, I'll guarantee you. Come on. Anybody? Want, I'll raise my hand. Tell me it has nothing under the tree. And, and it's not going to go well. I understand that until I stop and reflect. Think, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is why I'm doing this. And she don't even have to have a gift. She'd be the first to say, listen, I don't need a gift. Wouldn't you? No, she's not. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm going to, listen, I'm going to get a lecture. I'm going to get her something. Don't worry. But John, but John tells us the same thing. He kind of gives us the same lesson. And listen, let me, let me share this before I get started. We're going to jump into the book of John, into John chapter 20. And some of you who have read the Bible will say, wait a minute, that's an Easter story. That's an Easter story. Well, it, it is an Easter story. I'll give you that. But it's also a Christmas story. It really is. When you, and when, listen to what I've got to say. I think you'll understand where I'm coming from because John gives us some, some great clarity. And this, this happens after this baby that was born that seems said, I've seen salvation, that we read about the prophecies of this Savior was going to be born in a, in a manger in Bethlehem. And all this happens after that, and, and we, we read about the, this Jesus that walked on the earth and paid a price for you and I when he stretched out his arms on the cross and died Well, long after his birth. So now we're 30-some years past his birth, and we're talking about he stretched out his arms and he died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again. We're going to pick it up in John after that's happened. And some of you are going, but that's an Easter message. We'll come Easter and we'll talk about it again, I promise you. You, you can't not talk about the resurrection at Easter, but we can talk about it at Christmas. And, and here's why I think it applies 
to, to one of the struggles we have today with Christmas when we say, but we forgot the reason for the season. Because John gives us something, I think, almost identical to what we deal with today. And, and you've got to think about this. Now, remember what I just said. This, what I'm going to share with you, this scripture, is at a time when Jesus was just executed. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. Jesus was stretched out on the cross. He was dead and buried. On the third days arose, and we're going to pick it up just a little bit after that. There's got to be a lot of clamor going on. I mean, I've got to believe there's a lot of hustle and bustle, and people, people are, are struggling with this. And yet John writes something to me that's pretty amazing in that light and in that setting. I mean, you just, you just got to think about this. So let me, let me share with, with you what he says. And this is in John 20, verse 24. And, and bear in mind now, Christ has been crucified, dead, and rose again. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We start to get the point here. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus, listen to this really carefully. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that, may, that by believing you may have life in his name. Did you get that? Do you see a similarity there? Listen to this again. Now, this is John. This is, this is, listen, we had a foot race earlier in this. This is one of the guys that ran to the tomb. And this is what he's saying. In all of this hustle and bustle, he said, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded. There's a bunch, if you go back and read this, there's a bunch that's recorded. But he said there's a bunch that's not recorded. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, i.e. that he is the reason for the season. And John's already having to remind them of that right now. Right now. The disciple, I mean, less than seven, eight days after the death, the burial, and the resurrection, he's having to say, listen, these are recorded, these aren't recorded, but I recorded these so that you would believe the reason we celebrate. So forgive yourselves. Just remember the reason. Listen, we don't have to be cruel to people. Well, you don't know the reason we celebrate. Tell them then. Tell them that's what John did. He's sitting there, he's saying, listen, I love this. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in the book. All kinds of things. I love it when I hear people say, well, I know everything about the Bible. He didn't record it all. He didn't record it all. But, but these are written that you may believe that Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Pretty simple. Pretty amazing. That in the time of Jesus, we get the same lesson. We hear the same thing written a little differently. As you, but you don't know the reason for the season. John's writings, listen, 
I'm putting this in writing because you're not even going to remember that he was the son of God who performed miracles. So I'm going to record some, some I can't record. But I'm going to record some of them because you need to know this so you will remember. Listen, when you start questioning the reason for the season, i got a suggestion. Pick this book up and read it. I don't care where you start, but at some point it's going to point you towards a Messiah named Jesus. Amen. I don't know where that came from, but amen. Listen, if you go to John 21, this is just one of the verses that I've always held on when people challenge me that I don't know this and I don't know this. It said, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I don't know it all. But I know the reason for the season. And it's Jesus Christ. It's a little baby that was born on what we call Christmas Day. Regardless if it was December 25th or January the 1st or April the 2nd, I don't know nor do I care. I know that my Savior was born. It was prophesied years before that he would be born when and where. The way we date calendars and the way they date calendars, personally to me, is a little irrelevant. What's relevant is my Savior was born. And he is the reason for the season. He is the reason that we celebrate. And when we get caught up in the hustle and bustle, just stop as a follower of Christ. Just stop. Just stop when you get caught up in the hustle and bustle and give thanks that you're caught up in the hustle and bustle. Because Jesus Christ came. And because of him, we, we can celebrate. I mean, you think about it. Think about it. Without him, what would we be celebrating next week? You'd probably be sitting home complaining. It's cold outside. Andy Williams says it's the greatest time of year. I say, the heck with that. It's cold outside. I don't care about the jingle bells. I mean, I'm serious. If there was no Christ, that's what you'd be doing. But with him, even, even I think, listen, I think we can make this statement. With Christ, even the commercialism becomes really good. Not the reason. The reason was 2,000 years ago. The reason was 2,000 years ago. That's why we celebrate. We don't celebrate because of what's happening today. That's just, that's to me, is kind of evidence of what happened 2,000 years ago. That gives me great joy. It gives me great hope. It gives me great pleasure in celebrating my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me. We have, this, we have this amazing story of this little baby. You can't make this stuff up, guys. You can't. There's no way you can make this story up. And, and it sticks. 2,000 plus years later, we're still talking about the birth of this little baby. That he came as, as the Savior of the world. Not, not of just Bethlehem or, or just Jerusalem or just Judea. He came as the Savior. They didn't know what the whole world looked like then. But this little baby came as the Savior of the world. And we celebrate that. He's the reason. He really is the reason for the season. And, and we, listen, as followers of Christ, let's celebrate that with the outside. Let's go outside with that. When you're celebrating, when you're in the hustle and bustle, listen, I, it's amazing to me the opportunities we've been given to, to celebrate Jesus Christ. Listen, we were told all along we couldn't do that in the school systems. I don't do Twitter. The school superintendent was tweeting Journey Church feeding kids the other day. That's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to celebrate. That's right. Yeah. We can do that because Jesus Christ was born. This little baby was born. And, and listen, he came to bring the good news. And when you share the good news, amazing things happen, guys. Amazing things happen. We, I think we'll see this community. I, it's, I think it's going to be amazing. We're going to start seeing this community turn. Not that it's a bad community, but we're going to start seeing it turn. I, 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 
beyond a shadow of a doubt. Matt Leonard would stand here with me and say the same thing. We're already seeing it. We're, we're walking into schools, and we've got people coming up saying, thank you. Thank you. They're not saying thank you to us. What they're really saying thank you is thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus Christ. You're just, we're just people. But we're bringing something far beyond us. We're bringing the love and the hope of this little baby that was born who is salvation. Man, that's pretty cool to hear baby cry. That's awesome. I don't know whose that is, but thank you. I mean, that is awesome. That's the reason. That's the re- We're going to talk about it next week. We're going to celebrate it again. We're going to celebrate it again. And um, let me tell you, the week after that, guess what we're going to really celebrate again? The birth of a little baby. The birth. That's what John had to tell him. That's why John recorded that. That's why John recorded. He said, listen, he's the reason. He's the reason. It's not about what's happening. It's about what happened. I mean, even days after, he's already got to tell him, this is not about what's happening. It's about what happened. It's about what happened. 30-some years ago, this child was born. And he's already got to put it in writing so they won't forget it. So, so don't beat yourselves up. Just pick it up. Just pick up his word. This is, this is life, guys. This is it. This is, this is where it comes from. This is the hope we have. This is where we find out about this little baby, this little Savior, Christ the Lord. I'm telling you, go out and celebrate. Come back next Sunday. We're going to celebrate again. Spend some time with us. We'll celebrate together as a family. Then go spend time with your family. Uh, you, you should want to do that. We should do more of that. I mean, we really should. Guys, I'm telling you, we need to spend time with their families. I'll bet you this. There's someone in your family that needs the hope of Jesus Christ. In your own family. We, we worry about the outside world in your own family. I, I loved... Uh, one of the school officials commented to me, and he said, I mean, no, no disrespect about this, but he said, we have churches every, every day and every year that pack up and go to third world countries and all over the world to feed hungry kids, and they completely neglect the ones in our backyard. They completely neglect the ones in our backyard. We can do that because of Jesus Christ, because he brought the hope. And, and listen, I know this. When I see these kids coming and they're getting this food, what they're really getting is this. I mean, that's the amazing thing. What they're really getting is this right here. A hot dog. Forget the hot dog. They're getting this right here. They're getting the love that's contained in here. They're getting the grace contained in here. They're getting the mercy contained in here. God, that gives me cold chills. You know, I don't know what we're going to do next, but I know this. I think we'll take the whole school system on before it's over with. I just can't imagine we're going to stop. I I can't. God's not put that on our hearts, so we're giving them this we're giving them the same hope that you and i have they just don't know it yet in a lot of cases so for that i say thank you and i would tell you this celebrate celebrate and remember and remember this you're not celebrating because of what's happening you're celebrating because of what happened and that's what john told him he said guys you you got to remember what happened not what's happening remember what happened and jesus rose again and today we celebrate today we celebrate And I will tell you this as we close. If you don't have this hope, if you don't have this hope, it's right here. It's right here. It doesn't require classes. You don't have to pay your penances. You have to ask for forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? You just need to ask for forgiveness. You need to confess your your, your sins and give your life to this little child that Simeon said is salvation. But to a little child, he's the son of God. 
is the Son of God. You're giving your life to the Son of God. Holy cow. How much better could it get? And you can do that right now. This is a simple prayer. I'm telling you. Father, I have sinned. I have fallen short. I, have, I need you. I need a Savior. I confess my life. I give it to you, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I ask you to take control of my life, to lead me, to direct me. You've given me hope because of what happened. So today you can do that. And if you've done that, if you've done that, I believe this. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the promise of everlasting life. Welcome to the true hope that we celebrate at Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you as we get closer to what we consider your son's birth. That we can come together, that we can celebrate, that we can rejoice that your son was born in a manger, the Savior of the world. And because of that, we can celebrate. Because of that, we have great hope. Because of that, we have great, great confidence to go out, to reach out, and to share with those around us. Father, let us give this gift all year long. All year long. Don't let us hesitate, slow down, stumble one bit after next Sunday. Just because we've celebrated the day, let us go out Monday following with the same enthusiasm, the same excitement, and the same hope that we've been given through your son. Thank you for every man, woman, child in this building today that they've had an opportunity to hear the word, that they can receive the word, and that they can receive your son who gives us everlasting life. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen.